0: Thursday, December 20th, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City here in Denver, Colorado, and we are back for another day of talking sports with a dose of common sense, which if you look around the sports landscape right now, hey, you can see it is desperately, desperately needed. Happy Thursday to you. You know, if you'd like to contact the show, we would, of course, love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, DailyDoseSports at gmail.com. Or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. If you've got some feedback for the show, if you've got a question or a comment, reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. Also, be sure you swing by tpublic.com where you can find the latest and freshest Daily Dose gear that is available over there. They've got t-shirts. They've got sweatshirts. They've got cell phone cases and notebooks. A number of items over at tpublic.com for the Daily Dose listener in your life or maybe for you they've got reasonably priced gear over there and if you hustle if you hurry you can still get those things in time for the holiday so make sure you swing by tpublic.com and pick up some Daily Dose gear hey today on the show we will continue our week with a throwback show from back in 2015 yes we are going back to the early days of the Daily Dose and looking at some of the first Daily Dose sports podcasts On this episode, we look at a couple of great basketball coaches that we lost, and we lost them in very close time proximity to each other. We discuss both of their amazing careers. We talk some NBA, and on this Thursday, we even have a Daily Dose Top 5 for you, so sit back, relax, and enjoy a throwback episode of the Daily Dose. Wednesday, February 11th, 2015, you are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, sports writer from Denver, Colorado, coming to you today on a sunny day here in the Mile High City. Hey, you know, we release a new podcast every single Wednesday. This is actually our 10th episode, and we give you just a little bit different uh, look at the world of sports. Try to mix in some humor and give you something a little bit different than you're going to get anywhere else, just so you know. We are working to make this podcast bigger and better, give you a more full experience. Got some things in the works. I don't want to let them out just yet, but we are working on a couple things. Uh, over the next few months, we're trying to, to get this a little bit better. So make sure, make sure that you're letting your friends, your coworkers, your relatives, whoever it might be, let them know. They need to jump on the bandwagon now before it gets all full. Uh, a couple places you can download the podcast at. Uh, you can get it at Podomatic. You can get it at podcastdirectory.com. You can subscribe to it in iTunes. Uh, you know, if you if you need to contact me or if you have any questions about any of this, feel free to hit me up. You know, we've got a lot of things to get to today. Gonna talk a little bit of NBA. Obviously All Star Weekend is coming up. We've got some college basketball to talk. Might have a have a chance to talk a little bit of major league baseball. And a little bit of NFL. And as usual, a very popular segment. We do have our daily dose top five. Trust me on this. You don't want to miss this one today. Should be an interesting one today. First off, this week, like I said, it's my duty to help you, help you, inform you. Don't forget it is Valentine's Day on Saturday. Are you ready? Do you have, you know, the, the significant other or others in your life taken care of? Because Valentine's Day is on Saturday. And Valentine's Day, man, it's a tough one. If you want a holiday to just disappoint you, no matter what, this is it. This is it. You you want awkwardness? Check. We got it. You want failed expectations? Again, check. You got it. There's no way. That it can possibly live up to the way the commercials and the card stores and the flower shops and uh, there's no way it can live up to the hype. There is no way it'll live up to that. Hope you're ready. I hope you, I hope you're taking care of business. I, I know that you, you can get yourself in trouble. If your significant other tells you, I don't want anything. Make sure you don't get me anything. Just know it's a lie. Don't believe the lie. You will get yourself in trouble. If you buy into the lie, here's, here's something else to think about. If you're single, do not get with anyone until Sunday. I don't care if you meet somebody at 1155 on Valentine's day night, that someone is going to want a gift. They're going to want a gift and they're going to be like, Hey, you had five minutes. Where's my flowers? You had five minutes. Where's my ring? Don't do it. Don't do it above all else. This Valentine's day. Remember. If you are, if you are single and you're sad about being alone on Valentine's Day, take heart. Because no one loves you on the other 364 days either. So it's no big deal. It's no big deal. Just, just stay positive, you know, but, I, but I'm a glass half full kind of guy. Hey, breaking news coming out in the sports world. We've got a couple things we want to get to. First off, uh, longtime college basketball coach Jerry Tarkanian has passed away at the age of 84. And, uh, Tarkanian, we've got a couple people we want to talk about today. Uh, we had a few people that we've we've lost recently in the world of sports, but Jerry Tarkanian, say what you will about him. he He obviously had his uh, his battles you know with the NCAA. He was uh, with Nevada Las Vegas. he had a dynasty going there, had a lot of great players. Uh, Jerry Tarkanian does pass away today at uh, the age of 84. you know he was an innovator. He was a guy who who preached defense and, and the running game and that kind of thing. Uh, had a lot of of great players, um, you know, play for him. Tarkanian, uh, I mean, he he won 729 games in in his Division One record. Uh, was also at Long Beach State and at Fresno State. Um, always a com- a competitive team. I, I guess if if I had to go back to a couple memories that I would have of Tarkanian, uh, obviously. The run they had when they, when they beat Duke in the national championship game and, and the way that team played with Larry Johnson and Anderson Hunt and Stacey Ogman and, and, uh, uh, you know, Greg Anthony, that phenomenal talented team didn't necessarily always have the, um, what's the word? Scholarly types in his program, but did always have very, very talented players. But I'll tell you the memory that stands out for me, maybe even more so than that national championship game was during that run. Uh, you might remember Nevada, Las Vegas in the 1990 regional actually played, uh, Loyola Marymount with Paul Westhead and that run and gun style that they, they played. And, and that Loyola Marymount team, obviously they had lost Hank Gathers, but that was a team that could score points. I mean, they would get up and down the floor. Uh, in fact, that year, uh, Loyola Marymount in the tournament had beaten Michigan the team with Ramil Robinson and that group that had won the national championship the year before, uh, Loyal Marymount had put 149 on them earlier in the tournament. And so this was a team that when you said UNLV versus Loyola Marymount, this is going to be a run and gun. And UNLV, I don't, I don't know if you can run with these guys because these guys get up and down the floor. And if you watch some of those games, I mean, down the floor, quick shot. And they were high percentage, uh, even long range shooters. But this game, You turned it on and you said, okay, we're going to see if UNLV, if they can run, you know, with this loyal Marymount team. That's what they did. UNLV ran them out the gym. It was 131 to one. I mean, beat them by 30 um you sat there and said if you think you guys are running fast unOV is running by you and that's probably one of the memories I will take from Jerry Tarkanian obviously had his battles uh with the NCAA was never shy about challenging the NCAA and in fact uh actually sued the NCAA and got a check from them uh because they had you know infringing on his rights and and kind of coming after him for for in, at sometimes no reason they always had, were accusing him of different things actually went after for them and won some money lost Jerry Tarkanian today um, interesting guy interesting guy we're going to talk a little bit more about some other people we've actually lost this past week a little bit later um, Little League Baseball let's talk a little bit about Little League Baseball Little League Baseball has stripped the U.S. championship from the Chicago-based team uh, Jackie Robinson West and has suspended their coach for violating a rule Prohibiting the use of players who live outside the geographic area that the team represents, they're going to pull that from them, and I guess I guess it gets you know passed on to the Las Vegas team or whatever. Um, isn't it, for one the 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 way they found this out? I apparently was an opposing coach kind of ratted them out. I don't know. I, I don't know why you would care that much. Isn't this just another example of adults? screwing things up for the kids. You know the kids weren't out there saying, oh, hey, let's get this kid from a different area and let's get this kid from that area. this It's always the adults getting in the way. We may have to have a show where we talk about just youth sports in general. And I have a couple people I, I may want to bring in on that. But um, it always just seems like the adults go out. Have you seen Friday Night Tykes? If you want a prime example of adults screwing things up for kids trying to play a game that, that is fun for them, Watch the show Friday Night Tikes. I think it's on Esquire TV. Uh, take a look at that, and you'll see just how easy adults get in and and, and mess everything up for the kids. Um, but yeah, it looks like we're gonna we're gonna take the uh, the U.S. title away from the team in Chicago. Uh, I, I guess. I mean, the the problem I have when you when you vacate titles like this, the problem I have is that we all watch the game. Like you can say it later. You can say, "Well, we're taking that title away." We saw you win it. It's like when, when USC had to vacate their Heisman and their national, champ, their championships. We saw them win it. It doesn't really matter. You can say whatever you want later. They won it. They celebrated it. They had the party on the field. They celebrated that night. They got, who cares what you do now? It doesn't matter what you do now. Whatever. Uh, you know, on Sunday, we lost Dean Smith. Uh, longtime coach at the uh, University of North Carolina, Dean was 83, and, and you know th- there is a a legacy of Dean Smith. If you are, I, I talked to a, a younger listener who actually said, you know, I said, hey, did you hear about you know Dean Smith passing? And and he said, yeah, but I I don't know some old white dude. I don't know who Dean Smith is. You are missing the story because uh, Dean Smith did more than just coach basketball. Uh, this is a true teacher. Of the game, and if you don't know, and and I won't spend the whole hour or anything talking about, but for those of you who don't know, Dean Smith played at Kansas. Actually, played you know under Fog Allen. He started his coaching career as an assistant at Kansas under Fog Allen. Went over to the University of North Carolina, and and again, if you don't know this, Dean Smith helped integrate the ACC by recruiting Charlie Scott, who was the first African American scholarship player at a major school, you know, down south. That didn't happen back then. And Dean Smith would go into, you know, segregated restaurants in the South with Charlie Scott. And he would basically dare someone to say something because people knew who Dean Smith was. And they knew here he is bringing an African-American player into these restaurants that are segregated. And Dean Smith would say, I'm going in here with my player and you're not going to say anything about it. And, you know, the thing about Dean Smith was that he never wanted recognition for this. Like they would try... To let's do a, you know an award for him or let's do recognition. He he always said I shouldn't get credit for doing what is right. And and you know one of the one of my problems with this is there's really not a good Dean Smith uh, biography out there about him because he never wanted a, a, a book written about him. He didn't want that recognition. He didn't want that. He didn't feel like he should ever put himself in front like that. I kind of wish there were there. There's a few books that he wrote out there uh, on coaching, but there's not a really good Dean Smith uh, biography out there about him because he would never really allow that. But when you think of how many innovations that Dean Smith started, and you might not even realize it. I I know it as a coach, as a basketball coach. I know uh, from a coaching perspective, he had a lot of innovations that they started with Dean Smith. You know when, when, uh, someone feeds you the assist and you score and you point back at the guy that gave you the assist? That started with Dean Smith. That was his rule. You had to do that. You point to him because you say, hey, I didn't score that without you. You know how when, uh, a player comes out of the game and the bench all stands up, claps, you know, gives him dap as he walks off the floor? That was Dean Smith. When a player leaves the game, everybody has to stand up. Everybody kind of has to, you know, give the high fives and, and, and that kind of thing. That started with Dean Smith. Uh, the four corners offense. That started with Dean Smith. And not just as a, as a delay offense, but the four corners offense as a way to spread you out and then attack you started with Dean Smith. Uh, points per possession, uh, analytics. That started with Dean Smith being a team that would focus on taking charges defensively. That started with Dean Smith. Uh, guys that would tap and say, Hey, coach, I'm tired. And you might think that sounds odd, but I can't go as hard as I can. So I'm tired. Take me out for a minute and and let someone else play until I can get my air back. That started with Dean Smith diving for loose balls, huddles before free throws, timeouts after a made basket, not when the other team's on a run, but we are on a run and we score. We're going to take the timeout first and keep the momentum. Those things started with Dean Smith you might not realize how many of those innovations that he was a part of, that he kind of started from his program. When you look at his coaching tree, Larry Brown, Roy Williams, Jeff Lebo, King Rice, uh, Tony Shaver, Billy Cunningham, Matt Doherty, Eddie Fogler, uh, even George Carl, Doug Moe, Buzz Peterson, and, and even you know GM guys, Mitch Kupchak, Donnie Walsh. Those all came from Dean Smith. I mean, it really is an amazing tree. And then, of course, the players. I don't know if anyone had as much talent Year in, year out, as Dean Smith had when he was in North Carolina. Probably the greatest player ever, Michael Jordan. But James Worthy, Rasheed Wallace, Kenny Smith, Brad Doherty, Jerry Stackhouse, J.R. Reed. Remember the chance of Herman at J.R. Reed, Sam Perkins, Antoine Jamison, Vince Carter, Phil Ford. Uh, and of course, you know, like I said, Charlie Scott, he had just amazing, amazing players. I don't know that he will ever, uh, you know, I don't know. Do do people, when you talk about the greatest coaches ever is Dean Smith, one of the guys that maybe is the forefront of your mind. But when you think of what he did, you think of the coaching tree that he had and you think of the players that he had, he's, he's probably on that, that Mount Rushmore of greatest coaches ever. And, you know, speaking of uh, greatest coaches ever, Greg Popovich this week won his 1,000th game. And, and, you know, I I was talking to a friend of mine, and and we were talking about what's more impressive. Is it Coach K winning his 1,000th game with with Duke, or is it Popovich uh, winning his 1,000th game in the NBA? And when you look at the the coaches uh, in the NBA who have won 1,000 games in history, you've got Don Nelson, uh, Lenny Wilkins, Jerry Sloan, Pat Riley, Phil Jackson, of course, George Carl, uh, Larry Brown, Rick Adelman. Those are the, are the, uh, eight others that have won 1,000 games in their coaching history. Um, it's tough. It's tough to co- kind of say which is more impressive here. Popovich is doing against the best every single night. Uh, you know, in the NBA, you've got the best of the best in, in basically in the world playing that he's got he's got to coach against every night. Here's my contention. My contention is that Popovich has had David Robinson. Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, whereas Coach K has had a Christian Leitner, Steve Wojciechowski, Mark Allery, Danny Ferry. I'm I'm not saying that he's without talent, but uh, you know, Coach K has winning with a bunch of white stiffs. Um, but that's just me. Hey, speaking of greatest college coaches ever, just to jump back to the college game, really, really quick. I'm gonna read you some stats. I want you to think about. I want you to think about this real quick. Uh, in the in the realm of college coaching. In the realm of college basketball, I'm going to give you some stats and I'm not going to put you to sleep reading these stats, but I want you just to hear these, uh, really, really quick and, and just kind of think about this for a second. You've got Mike Szefsky. He now has 1,004 wins. His winning percentage is right about 77%. It took him about 40 years to get there. Here are the coaches behind him, at least at the division one level. And no, I'm not going to go down to division two and division three and NAIA. I don't care. Jim Bayheim. Jim Beheim at Syracuse has won 963 games at about 75% winning percentage, and he's been coaching for 39 years. Bob Knight, he has won 902 games. He is only at about 71% winning percentage, and it took him 42 years. Not quite the percentage. Dean Smith, uh, 879 wins at about 78% winning. Uh, Took him 36 years, did Dean Smith at North Carolina. And then uh, Jim Calhoun, 873 wins, uh, right at about 70% winning percentage. Took him 39 years while at uh, UConn. I'm going to give you two other coaches. I'm not going to tell you who they are. I'm just going to give you their stats, and you tell me if they if they rate in that area. So Coach K was at you know 1004 wins and about 77% of victories. Here's here's another coach, 1098 wins. winning percentage took 38 years to get to 1,098 wins. And then the second coach, 901 wins, 87% victories, took only 29 years to get over 900 wins. Those two coaches, Pat Summit and Gino Auriemma, do we include them anywhere in this? I mean, are they are they being talked about as as some of the great coaches? Look at their winning percentages. I know, I know the, the women's college game is different from the men's. You you have a significant drop off after you get, you know, down past probably 20, 25 top ten teams in there or top twenty five teams in there. It, there is a drop off. I, I get that. But that's a lot of wins. That's a ton of wins. And in in very, very tough conferences, both for some and Oriema. They don't really get talked about in that in that same conversation, do they? Uh, NBA All-Star Weekend this weekend in New York City. Got, obviously, the All-Star Game. Got some of the skills competitions. We talked a little bit last week about the three-point contest, the dunk contest, that kind of stuff. Uh, this weekend cannot come soon enough for the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, who have lost five of their last seven. A- and you're starting to see just a little bit of a breakdown with the Clippers. It's not full-blown, but there's a little bit of kind of some funkiness about the Clippers. You had Chris Paul last week complaining about, you know, the rookie female official. Uh, is it Lauren Holtkamp? I believe her name is. Uh, you have Bill, Blake Griffin now out for, for three weeks with the elbow. You know what the biggest problem with the Los Angeles Clippers is? Whining. That's their biggest problem. Shut up and play. You saw this last Sunday. Uh, Chris Paul is talking to Durant, uh, when they played Oklahoma City down by 20. I, I get tired of the Clippers. I mean, Chris Paul. I, I get—he's a great guy off the floor, and he seems like I've been watching Chris Paul a long time. Dude is one of the biggest crybabies in the NBA. I mean, if I have to see him one more time at the end of a quarter, go look for a defender, run into him, and then throw up, and then be like, "I got fouled." If I have to see that one more time, and then I have never ever seen uh Jordan or Blake Griffin ever, or Chris Paul for that matter, ever commit a foul. Like, I don't care if you rake a guy across the face and there's blood. They're like, I didn't touch him. What are you talking about? Will you guys just stop whining and play? And I know this all comes from Doc Rivers. I I like Doc. He's a decent coach. Stop whining. Quit your crying. Clippers have never committed a foul in their life. Shut up and play. That would fix a lot of things. Moving on, let's uh, let's go to college football. You know, we talked a little bit last week about signing day, and I told you last week I said it'll probably be uh, Alabama and Florida State, Ohio State, not on like Southern Cal or Notre Dame. One of you know they'll come in with a bunch of players. Uh, that's exactly what it what it was. It was Alabama, Florida State, Ohio State, Southern Cal. Same as as it always is. But you know, I, I told you, I said I don't put a, a ton of stock into signing day. I, it doesn't. It's not as as big to me. And you know, I went back. This week and I looked let me just give you the top players uh, from the last few uh, so-called signing days these were the best player on signing day last year obviously Leonard Fournette uh, the kid out of uh, he ended up going to LSU I, I think he's going to be solid running back at LSU I think he'll be okay uh, the year before uh, uh, Robert Nkemdichie or something out of Ole Miss uh, he's okay at Ole Miss I don't know lineman at Ole Miss uh, Mario Edwards at Florida State in 2012, he's probably going to get drafted this year. He's, I mean, he's all right. He's not, you know, number one. The year before that, 2011, you actually had Jadeveon Clowney, but the jury's still out on Clowney. I don't know how great Clowney is. 2010, Ronald Powell went to Florida. No idea. Uh, 2009, Matt Barkley went to Southern Cal. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like, it's it's not a science. So when everybody says, oh, we got the number one recruiting class, we're going to be the best team in the country, yeah, slow down. I'm not sure that's the case. I'm not sure you're really going to be anything. I I, I don't know. I don't know how we rate these kids. Everyone looks good in high school, don't they? Everyone looks like they're great. until we, We have to see how you deal with the bright lights, how you deal with it when it's a job. And at the college level, it is a job. Make no mistake, at the college level, it is a job. Talk a little bit. You know, uh, uh spring training is going to be opening pretty soon. And, uh, and I'll tell you in Major League Baseball, uh, the team that I'm really liking the most right now. Can't believe I'm, I'm going to say this is the San Diego Padres. Have you seen the job that this first time GM has done back with San Diego is, is AJ Preller. I mean, he is doing, he, he is doing the job in San Diego that I wish someone would come to the Colorado Rockies and do. I think the Rockies want to win. I don't think they understand how to win. They need someone like this guy to come in and show them how to win. Do you see the signings they've made? They go get Shields, uh, starting pitcher, James Shields. They went and got Brandon Morrow. Uh, they have t- completely rebuilt their outfield. You got Matt Kemp in left. You got Will Myers in center. You got Justin Upton in right. And then you go get uh Norris, uh, you know, as catcher. I, I realize they still have some flaws. And I realize that going out and, and, and getting a team in this way hasn't always worked. But, hey, we're talking about the Padres. We're talking. You you can't say the word San Diego Padres fan without throwing in the word long-suffering. Because that's just, it, it goes along with it. Uh, I mean, we are talking right now about the San Diego Padres. and And they might make the playoffs. They have some some talent. They have some ability on that team now. I I don't know how they're going to be. But this is exactly what I wish the Colorado Rockies would go do. Go get some guys like this. Go get some players like this. Meanwhile, they're signing backup scrub pitchers that are coming out of the minors. Are you kidding me with this? I, I, I don't know. I don't know if the, I feel like I, I kind of want to cheer for this Padres team. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to go as far as to be like my Padres. I, I can't, I can't bring myself to do that, but I'm kind of, I kind of want to see how they do. I'm kind of excited to see exactly, you know, what's going to come of this. I don't know. Um, you know, we're going to be talking in the next few weeks and, and and I'll get to this in a little bit, but we're going to be talking a little bit about NFL free agency because that's coming. And there are a number of big name free agents That are going to be out there. And we're going to, we're going to break some of those things down. But right now, as we do every week, we are going to give you our daily dose top five. And our daily dose top five, obviously, I told you earlier in the show, Valentine's Day is on Saturday. And so, you know, I've told you in the past, you never know where the daily dose top five is going to go. We could uh, inform you. We could educate you a little bit, give you some history, give you some different things. Or, uh, you know, we, we may entertain. You, you just don't know. This week for our daily dose top five, I had to do some, I had to do some work. I'll be honest. I had to do some work. I went out and I found some of the Valentines being sent out by different athletes and celebrities. And and I have some of those Valentines here for you that I'm going to read for you. And you don't realize that. that, That's not easy to do. It's not easy to just go out and, uh, let's see what kind of Valentines you know these people are sending out. Do you realize how many bushes I had to hide in? How many windows I had to peek in to see this? I mean, in addition to what I'm normally doing anyways? It's a lot of work. But I bring you this week the Daily Dose Top 5 Celebrity Valentine's being sent out. Some here that might surprise you. I'm, I'll be honest with you. Some here that, that kind of surprised me. Uh, number five, Daily Dose top five Valentine's. Here's the Valentine that's being sent out. I feel like I should be reading like Barry White. Like I need that low. I don't have that low voice. I, I feel like I, anyways, top five Valentine's being sent out this week. This Valentine's Day is going to be Amazing. In fact, it's going to be even better than the very first Valentine's Day. And I would know because I was there. That is from NBC's Brian Williams. Who knew? I had no idea. I had no idea. I mean, Brian Williams, would you ever think he would make our Daily Dose Top 5? You wouldn't think that. But but, he did. He did. There you have it. I mean... Very first Valentine's Day. Apparently, he was there. Is what is what we're saying. Apparently, Brian Williams was there. Number four on our list. And you know, you, you think back of some of the some of the movies and romantic comedies, and and even with a sports angle to them. And you think about, you know, Jerry Maguire. You complete me. And that's that's where our number four Valentine comes in this year. You deflate me from Tom Brady. Uh, you know, I, I guess that makes sense. I'm assuming. I, is he sending that to, to Giselle? Is he sending that to a ball boy? I don't know who he's sending that to, but he sent it to somebody. Um, number three on our list of, of top five Valentines being sent out this year. Does this Valentine smell like chloroform to you? That's from Bill Cosby. How, I mean, get this out of here. Bill Cosby has no business on this show. I don't, I don't need that. We don't, what is, what is going on today? How did that get on here? That, that, I, I apologize for that one. That one shouldn't have been on there. I don't, I don't know who, how our screening process is going that we get to, you know, put things on the top five, but that one didn't, that didn't belong here at all. Wow. Uh, number two on our list, number two on our list. We're just going to move right past that one. Number two on our, on our Valentine's being sent out this year, uh, Valentine, you're my favorite mistake. That's from Pete Carroll. That's from Pete Carroll. That makes sense. That makes sense. We talked about last week on the top five, the mistakes, uh, errors in judgment at times that Pete Carroll has made. That makes sense. You're my favorite mistake. I get it. I uh, made a, made a pretty, pretty glaring mistake in the Super Bowl this last year. We all saw that one. And our number one daily dose top five Valentine being sent out this year. Valentine, my love will knock you off your feet. That's from Ray Rice. That's from Ray Rice. Baltimore Ravens running back Ray Rice. Again, uh, I don't, I don't know what the screening process is to get these in. I don't know how we, I don't know how we ended up here. I don't know how we ended up here. I don't know. But Ray Rice gets our number one Valentine being sent out this year. Hey, I hope you enjoyed our look back at some Daily Dose episodes from the past. You know, got a little bit of a different week for you, but I hope you enjoy looking back at some of these memories from some past happenings in the sports world. I would say thank you all so much for listening to The Daily Dose. For all of you that share the show, for all of you that reach out, that text us, that message us, that email, Thank you so much. It is genuinely appreciated. And remember, if you're not subscribed to The Daily Dose, wherever you listen, just click that subscribe or follow button so you don't miss a single episode. Have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Thursday.